Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I got with me my guy Noah Terranova. He does NBA draft content, NBA content in general, and even high school um, prospects he's doing content for on YouTube. So make sure you check him out after this after this episode. And Noah, say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? Glad to have you on, Noah. Um, so, um, let's get right into some, um, let's get right into some NBA talk. So, you've let your t- your thoughts known on the timeline about the NBA playing situation. So, <laughs> so let me know how you feel about the playing situation. I know your Celtics are like mm-hmm. right in the heat of things over there amidst this this tumultuous season. So, yeah. have at it. So the thing for me is like this season, I don't mind it as much. Like it's the idea of it because like this season sort and records are going to be closer than you probably think. Uh, but in general, because I think I, I think people believe like we're going to sort in the season. Like they're not going to sort in it. They're going to try and get back to eighty-two games. Oh, of course, because of money later. Yeah. So like the thing is like now it's okay because like the gap between the seven and ten seed. Real, like in theory wouldn't be as big because there's less games being played but once you get back to 82 games the gap between a 10 seed and a 7 seed is so big to the point where it's like a 7 seed's like a legitimate playoff team like they shouldn't be like at risk of losing their playoff spot to a 10 seed that's the problem I have um I do think that like it does create some intrigue upon those like uh team it's like kind of like bubble teams where it's just like you don't know if like they are on a playoff team, mm-hmm. but also like at the end of the day, like there are the very like upsets that we will see, but the upsets of the top two seeds are so rare that like really, if you win the play-in tournament, you're winning the 16th overall pick in a first round exit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Um, but like t- to my robot, I think it's like s- some teams. It kind of like it's some some valuable experience there. Like sometimes they 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 well, aren't no, I, all in I, for the sometimes tank. Sometimes like 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 a team like Toronto this year could like if they do. I think they were actually eliminated from contention to make the playing tournament. Yeah, like they was completely eliminated. But like, if they made the playing tournament, like they're one of the worst bad teams ever. Because like on paper they're a good team. Like the advanced stats suggest they're a good team, but they're just not a good team. So like, if they made the the playing tournament and they went and they're the seventh seed, like they could give a team trouble in the playoffs. We just don't know that. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, you do have those cases of injuries and stuff like that for teams that are usually going to be ranked higher like Boston. But at the same time, it's just like for me, it's just like it doesn't discourage tanking as much as you think because teams don't tank for the 10th pack they tank for the first or second pack and the teams that are getting the first and second packs aren't going to be you know no anywhere close to the play-in even with the flattened lottery odds so that's just the problem i have with it um i don't mind them keeping a play-in tournament but i think but it should like be strictly tweaks. for the eighth seed strictly okay. for the eighth seed i don't think who's involved the 10th seed i think it should be you know, eighth and ninth seed. If the games are close, if it's close, like I think it was, um, I think it was a 2017, 2018 season where Minnesota and uh, 
Denver were tied and they had that final game of the season and the winner went to the playoffs, like yeah. that that that's fine. That that's perfectly fine to me. Where you have a game like that. Like those are the final like in baseball they have like game one sixty three, where it's like a team wins that game, they're going to the playoffs. Like and it, if like the records are close or they're tied, like, I don't mind it. But like just the idea of like this the idea of a of a ten C potentially replacing a seven C, this doesn't sit right with me. Because that could potentially mean like a like a forty seven win team. Because the West, the seven C is like forty five to forty seven wins every year. And like a team that has like um, you know, like a sub five hundred record. Like that just doesn't sit right with me at all. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, I like the way they did it last year in the bubble where it was like the mm-hmm. eighth and the ninth seed yeah. faced off with each other. And it made for an interesting game. But I also don't mind the seven through ten field because I feel like it's kind of like reshaping. It's like kind of like when they expanded the playoff field to um to 16 teams back, way back in the day. It, I feel like this is a new way of them trying to expand the playoff field, which is like kind of weird for everyone to get used to at first, especially mm-hmm. in this type of season with everything that's already gone on with like teams dealing with injuries and like teams missing games with protocols and stuff like that. So I think it's going to take some time to get used to, but I would not mind the tweak of just having 8th and ninth as well cuz I still th- I still feel that it would make for some interesting basketball um as we're seeing right now because like we're getting like some amazing performances out of like westbrook and beal mm-hmm. like we wouldn't have seen if they were like not in consideration for the plan like they would have just mailed it in they would have been well, resting guys yeah maybe for beal but like russ is gonna go russ goes 110 percent all season all season so no for me though like i would love to see the wizards make the playoffs um, I think Boston, it, it's rude to say, but like I would be completely unfazed if we lost in the playing tournament just because of the fact that like Jalen's out. Yeah. Know, it's just been a rough season in general. Um, you know, like, yeah, it hasn't Tatum's been dealing with all of the, with like all the stuff, the side effects from COVID. Like, it, I don't think people understand that. That's why I've been so impressed with him is like he's talked about it. Like, it still like affects him because he, because he had COVID and, when you watch him, like there are times he says like he'll just randomly like run out of breath and things like that. So like he's been impressive, but it's just been a rough season. Um, you know, there are like younger draft picks on the team that just haven't been living up to like their potential, whether that be through injuries or just not being good. Like there've been times we've unironically played Taco Falls this season. That's not a good sign. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> like like they were playing him legit like like and it's like I there was I wouldn't say it's all bad though because like Robert Williams I think he's shown he's the center of the future uh, he's in, he's a better passer than I thought he would be he's obviously great defensively like he just happens to be like kind of sorted so that kind of hurts him a bit but you know I think that we'll be fine next year if everyone's healthy you know Jalen recovers if Jason gets Jason keeps taking another leap Jalen takes another leap. Um, but like right now, I think a lottery pick would be more valuable to this team than getting embarrassed by like Brooklyn or Philly in the first round because they would. Yeah, that's what that's what intrigues me about a lot of these these playing teams because like you can drop out of the playing and then you end up with a lottery pick and then who and, knows and you're like locked in the lottery. Pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the way the, the so, odds are this year, yeah. you never know who's gonna jump yeah. up. Yeah, but like, even if it is the 14th pick, like, it, I, I just know Danny's going to pass on, like, whoever I want them to take. 
You do. I, I also do want to get to the to the guys that are on your team later on because yeah. um, for the development part. But yeah, it is interesting that like I don't mean to bring up this these dark these dark memories of draft night, but like you guys really could have like walked out of there with like Maxi and like and 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 and, well, and Bane. Naismith Naismith has shown recently that like he's a player. He's yeah. shown like he's shown some stuff. Um, and especially in that really, Spurs game, he played yeah. really well. And Payton Pritchard, like he's been better than expected as well. But they, like Nate Smith, I I have a I'm more hopeful than Pritchard. Pritchard I just think is a backup point guard, which is fine. Which every team could use a good point guard that can kind of score, kind of pass. Um, I still think we should have kept Desmond Bain. That's the one thing that kind of bothers me looking back on it. But like, yeah, he's a sniper. Yeah, but like, you know, like. At the time I wanted Maxi, I I think I've told you how high I was on him. He was my number yeah. four prospect in that draft, and like I wanted him. Like I think maybe down the line we'll like maybe I'll look back and say we, we probably should have taken like Cole Anthony, but like Nate was fine. He's been better than I thought. It, it just annoyed me that he didn't play. Like you spent a top fourteen pick on a guy that's not playing, and like yeah, that was. Weird. And I'm watching Cole Anthony play, and that kind of bothered me a bit. Um, but I think in high it it is it didn't end up being as bad as I thought it would be. That's that's yeah, the best it, way it wasn't say. that bad. Like, so, uh, so yeah. Had, um, the, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, and the one guy like in hindsight that like I wish we took over Pritzu would be Emmanuel quickly, but no one thought <laughs> quickly was gonna go that high. Yeah. Like, so even Knicks fans thought it was a stretch that. They pick. They picked him. Well, some Knicks fans. Some Knicks fans actually like had him on their board, their personal boards around the twenties. So they kind of feel vindicated right yeah. now, of course. But like a but lot of Knicks fans, including myself, I had, I had him a little bit lower. I thought it was a second round guy, but yeah. like he's been inc- I, he's been awesome. He's one of my favorite players to watch as far as the rookies go. Yeah, he plays with so much joy. Like he's like mm-hmm. he's like um. He's like Anthony Edwards. He has the Anthony Edwards personality. Like how Anthony Edwards' personality is off the court. That's how yeah. like I feel Emmanuel quickly is on the court. Yeah. He's also like like that kind of like style of play that he has. It's like that's like something like I like trying to emulate like my career and stuff like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of like that kind of hokey jokey kind of like yep. handles, floated, deep suiting veins. Like I'm not the kind of guy in my crew that likes to like you're, I don't know if you watch like my crew guys on YouTube. They're my favorite like 2K community is the my oh, crew guys, um, like Stacks Montana, all that. Like all the guys they make like these these super athletic guys that average like 30, 20, and ten. <laughs> yeah, they're like like and, small forwards that are like more physically yeah. dominant I than just LeBron. Like, I like the um, on a, not not unathletic, but like more of like quick instead of explosive, more like, skill based. Like, yeah, like 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 the um like a Luka Doncic build. It's like. The big it's like the stretch I'd probably take it to, but like the Damien Lillard kind of build, the Quickly's, like um, Steph obviously, Harden even like it's just the more skill based kind of things. I find that more fun because it makes it more challenging when you don't have like the athletic advantage in the game. But um, yeah, that's just you know. But the, the with the Celtics draft, it, it's it's not as bad in hindsight. That that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, so I'm um, getting to um, playoff matchups. Yeah. Right now, everything is like not even set in stone mm-hmm. right now. But yeah. there are some interesting matchups that can come about. So, of course, we got the Lakers and the Warriors in the play, and that's already like I know Adam Silver is just like 
giggling yeah. with joy right now because of how much money he can make off that game alone. I don't listen when it comes to Damien, because like the um, what's it call it? It's unlikely that they overtake the the Blazers or the Mavs for that five or six spot. And you don't bet against Damian Lillard in situations like this. Yeah. When he has to get his team to the playoffs, he gets his team to the playoffs. Like, it's just one of those things, like in situations like that. I don't know. Like In the playoffs, that's a different story. But getting him, getting a team to the playoffs, you never doubt Damian Lillard. Like, but like, I would love to see a Warriors versus Lakers playing. That would be so fun. Because they're both, well, maybe at the Warriors, but, um, but definitely the Lakers. The Lakers wouldn't even be close to this if Anthony Davis and LeBron were healthy. Oh, of course. So, yeah. And and that's what that's that's I think that's what like makes all the intrigue of this so very interesting because like you're gonna see LeBron and Anthony Davis at full strength, hopefully, mm-hmm. with possibly Dennis Schroeder coming back. You're gonna see their whole lineup full, fully mm-hmm. healthy, and then you got um Steph Death. with this ragtag group of guys playing small ball yeah. now. Rolling so, into LA, hoping to upset like that is just so the, the X factor in a, in that playing game for me. It, it's it's odd to say is Andrew Wiggins because if Andrew because yep. we saw what he did against the Suns, like Oof. I know, like he was it, crazy it, he, that game. He's capable of these games. He's just so inconsistent. I don't even call it inconsistent. I still it's just like does he want it? But like if he flips that switch in a game. They could be LA. I wouldn't bet on it because there's because LA probably I, I I still consider LeBron one healthy to be like the best player in the league. It's just like I still don't bet against him. But like so they had the best and the third best player likely. Because I, I think I'd put Steph over AD. Yeah. So like in theory, like just based off that kind of logic. And I think they have a better bent and just better players around him. Like Dennis Rude is better than the next best guy on Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. So I would take LA in a game in that game, but like if Wiggins flips his switch, I I I if Kelly Ubre, I, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but I haven't he been may be. There's there's still like a, a doubt that he will be, but yeah, there's a chance. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen and I would like to see what Draymond does, because we haven't seen Draymond in the playoffs in a few years either. So like it should be interesting. You know, he I always would, flips the switch. Yeah. Draymond is an underrated playoff before me. I think people forget what he did in game seven, the 2016 Ooh, finals. That game was special. He would have yeah. won final, finals MVP off of that. I know. That's what I always say. Like, yeah, I, oh, that would have hurt Steph Curry's legacy even more than he already was. That yeah. would have hurt his legacy even more. I think that's what people say. Oh, but like, if they didn't blow the 3-1 lead, I'm like, yeah, but if they didn't blow the 3-1 lead, Steph Curry doesn't get another finals MVP. Would search his legacy even more, especially losing one to Draymond. Like you, you don't win Finals MVP to Iggy and Draymond in back to back years. Yeah, that's that's and that's you're rough supposedly to come back this from. MVP. I told to come back on from, uh, which actually leads to the whole thing about like, is winning Finals but like not winning Finals MVP like does that hurt or save your legacy? Like say the say the Heat won in 2011. But mm-hmm. like Wade was the Finals MVP, and like LeBron wasn't even like the second best player on that team in that series. Like, would that help or hurt his legacy? Like, I personally think it, like them losing the Finals 
and like him going on this whole revenge story over like the next 10 years, like bouncing back from that in like a way that we've never seen is better than, you know, him winning in 2011, but him like not even being the second best player on that team. Well, it's weird with the the finals MVP is because it's like a media voted mm-hmm. award. And then like we've heard like Rachel Nichols, like I think she asked LeBron about like who should her vote go for and stuff like that. Like weird stuff like that that I've heard over the years mm-hmm. is just like, you know, and the it's, thing with it's Steph, we- though, like, yeah, the thing for me with Steph is like, yeah, I think you could argue for him winning those two years. They won with KD. But KD also had better counting stats than him and both of them. So it's like, like, like in 20, he wasn't going to win over KD in 2017 because Kevin Durant was on another planet. Like, yeah, like he was just, he averaged like 35 points and like, yeah, you say, oh, but Steph's gravity and this and that. But like, I remember watching series, Kevin Durant was playing at like one of the highest levels I've ever seen a player at the small forward position play. And then 2018, yeah, I think that I would have personally given to the staff, but I also understand the odds of working at it. It's like, well, Kevin Durant averaged more points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game. And he didn't, and his worst game in that series was better than Steph's worst game in that series. Because like Steph had that 11 point game uh, where KD kind of carried them. If you remember. Yeah. But, uh, and then they were trying to force feed Steph in game four to try and win the award. And it, yep. <laughs> yeah. And it was a failed attempt because it was already decided after that third game what it was. Yeah, like, I, I and again, I would have personally given it to Steph, but, like, I understand, like, if as a voter and you look at, he had 11 points when KD was going off in that game. Like, I think that kind of was a nail in the coffin. Like, yeah. it was going to go to KD. It was, it was done yeah. after that. And the thing for me, though, with both of those, is like, you know, Steph was probably the most valuable player. Is well, he wasn't? He wasn't probably. He was the most valuable player in those teams. But to act like Kevin Durant just didn't deserve to win those Finals MVPs is kind of ridiculous to me. Considering like he was putting up great numbers and like, you know, like absurd numbers in 2017, and like we saw what happened in Game Three in 2018. Like, you know, yeah. And then, like, that's that's what leads me back to, like, my whole thing about, like, um, 2015, how he should have won that one because... Oh, he like, should have won that. He should have won that Yeah, one. that one was just yeah. downright robbery, and it was just, like... Okay. It was just, like, I think, like, so much people put so much stock into, like, Iguodala holding LeBron to certain percentages that yeah. it was, like, so overblown that... Mm-hmm. Steph's impact was completely yeah. absolved. We also need to talk about how how Clay Thompson folds in the playoffs a lot. Like, yeah, Steph has he's, the theory. He, he's got, he, I mean, the whole Clay thing kind of gets he kind of gets he, the reputation for the game six Clay thing, but other than that, it's just like really like he kind of folds a little too much. Yeah, it's just. But yeah, um, talk, so continuing talking about um playoffs. Um, in the East, there is an interesting situation shaking up in the four through six spot because, like, it can really flip depending mm-hmm. on like there's like only three games left, and like it depends on who wins. Like, if the Knicks win all their next three games and Miami loses at least one, and Atlanta wins all their next three games, mm-hmm. Miami goes to six, Atlanta Atlanta goes to five, and then the Knicks go to four. And then, like, there's a whole bunch of combinations that can happen, which can lead to a whole bunch of different situations. So, 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 what I have to say basically is, 
I think a lot of people put too much like people are over overrating and underrating like the the um how close these teams really are in like the way that they play. Yeah. So so, so with Miami I for want, me what I want mm-hmm. is I want Hawks next four or five and I want Heat six for another rematch with Milwaukee. Yeah, I think that's what everybody that's what would want. like. Yeah. But like yeah, I want that as well because for some reason, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Miami has a way of playing against us when Alfred Payton's on the floor that like other teams just don't know how to exploit somehow. And it just like it, it pisses me off because it's like it's so it's something so obvious that can be done to just like fix that and remedy that where mm-hmm. everyone should yeah. not be scared of Miami. The heat are better the heat you don't sleep on the heat. That's the one thing. Like I don't sleep on them, but I don't also put so much stock into them being I, I as rated as they are too. I don't. I because a lot of people still putting I think stock they in have, their bubble run. They, yeah. Well, the thing is though, they would be a high seed if like Jimmy didn't have COVID. Yeah, it's the same thing with course. the Celtics. It's like both those teams I just got wrecked by COVID. Yep. <laughs> so like, um, because of that, you know, the role seeds. Like if Boston, like before Jalen Brown went out with the injury, like I would have would have said like, oh, Boston's a better team than the seeding would suggest, but yeah. because the Jalen's out now, like I don't have much hope for them. But um, with Miami, like they're a better team than the seeding suggests. If they were healthy the whole season, they would be better than the Hawks. Like oh, for for sure, they'd be better than like the Knicks and the Hawks. Like no offense, but like. Like that, they're, they're that good of a team for me. Like, really, like if realistically, if the teams are healthy, in my opinion, like those top five teams would be locked with like Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. Like those are like when healthy, the five premier teams in the East. Um, and then it's just kind of like, and now the new two would be like, then there's like slightly below them. I probably have like, and again, this is when healthy, Knicks and Hawks. Uh, Hornets. And then like Hornets, Pacers, Wizards, like under them. Um, and then like you have the bad teams after that. And oh wait, Toronto. I don't know where but Toronto though, because they're they're an interesting team. We'll see what happens with them. But interesting decisions for them come free agency time, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, Miami, I really wanna see how them going against it more again. Because personally speaking, like I don't think that run was a fluke, personally. Mm. I know Giannis got hurt, but even when Giannis was healthy, they were beating them. Uh as well. But, yeah, they were. But also I just think like just the well, whole even, atmosphere of like the bubble, like bubble. the way Tyler Hero was going off. I know he's going well, off Hero now again. Not, but he's but, not like, what he was in the bubble. In the bubble. Yeah. Um no, but, and like, Jay Crowder is not who he was in the bubble either. Like you shooting like Clay Thompson, like regular season, yeah. like on then, fire. Yeah, but numbers. then you have um, yeah, but I just think that Bam's more experienced now. Oh, of course, yeah. Like he's gotten even better. Yeah, uh, he's added wrinkles to his offense. So. Yeah, like he's had a little, a, a little, not, not too much of a jumper, but a little jumper. Yeah, um, his playmaking's expanding. Jimmy went healthy. Like if Jimmy was healthy this year, I think he'd seriously, seriously be in the MVP conversation. Um, Most likely, yeah. It, it's interesting with them. 
I, I think the team to beat in the East is still the Nets, if they're mm. all healthy. If they're all healthy, which is a big F. Yeah, it's a big um, F with them because yeah. those three it, it, are yeah. just like... I think the X factor is Hoden being fully healthy because Hoden, they quit, once Hoden, they clicked once Hoden was there. Um, because Hoden like is Hart- taking on this new role. Like he's not this selfish, like on-ball, high-usage yep. creator anymore. He's like becoming a legit distributor. He He puts everyone in their more natural roles because, like, Kyrie becomes the true shooting guard that he really is, and he gets KD in his right spots where KD doesn't have to force everything. So, like, he he's he's their natural point guard. Exactly, and he's he's like a high usage John Stockton now, where it's just like no, we're not John Stockton, like a high usage Steve Nash, where it's just like he sets his guys up, but he also gets his. I, I'm not as high in the Hawks in the playoffs as most. Me neither. I just don't see it with them. Like, I know everyone yeah. tells me, especially, like, I, I get into arguments with Hawks fans on Twitter all the time because they're always telling me about DeAndre Hunter. I know DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are excellent defenders. They are How, they, they are not prime Kawhi. No. <laughs> I Reddish is interesting for me, though. I don't think he's going to be playing in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I don't think so but, either. Like, He's so excited. I still believe in him. He's still one of my favorite young players. Like, it, it's so weird with him because, like, it's not, the, it's not a talent problem. He's super talented. Like, he has one of the deepest bags I've ever seen from a player that can't hit a jumper to save his life. Like, yeah, I don't know what's up with that jumper. It's, 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 it's a weird conundrum with him. Because the like, end of last year, he was on fire. So it's weird because, like, at Duke, when I was watching him, like, he had a, he had his he had his first series thinkers, but like I remember watching the Louisville game, he was the catalyst of that comeback because he mm-hmm. was he was unconscious from three, um, and then in the Florida State game, yep, incredible. Like I always remember a, that that in between the legs pass from RJ. Taylor. Yeah, for him, for me though, when it comes to all of it though, it's like it's not a talent problem because dude, I'm like I'm like. I'm not talking like, oh, there's some random high school guys. Like, I'm talking like five-star top recruit, future. Anthony Edwards, uh, yeah, Drew Timmy. They, yeah, all those guys were like, he's unstoppable. When they played him, like, they couldn't stop him. Like, Edwards yeah, I remember said those videos. It, yeah, like, he is like that. And, you know, like, the talent was clearly there with him. But, like, it's amazing. I, Hunter's been awesome as well when he's healthy. Yeah, um, I think the playoffs. And I love Clint. I like Clint a lot, but Clint Capella. I think <laughs> it could be the coming out party for Nyakabu Kongru, because mm. when the way teams go to play Clint, because he's a traditional drop, he's better. He's not like I'm not gonna say Gobert because like because Gobert is like even though like he's a drop, like he's no he's like an elite elite drop, where it's just like. Even though like he can't really, he doesn't switch well. Like when he's in the pain, and this is considering how much I hate him. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he he still is a like an elite pain defender. You need to be able to do more as the I, I think than just being an elite pain defender. But he is one, and I think Clint like he can defend the paint really well. He's an excellent rebounder. So I don't think like those guys are gonna get played off the floor. Like I say they will, but like I don't mean it completely. Mm-hmm. Um it's like an Andre Drummond situation. We'll, we'll leave it at that. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that if I don't know if they're gonna play Okongwu, because I don't think Bam played a lot in the as a rookie in the playoffs either. Nope. I yeah. did they even make the playoffs as rookie? I don't know. No, I don't they, think didn't. they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. Well, uh, yeah, but I don't have. think he would either. I think because like... Okongwu, he's so much better than the numbers suggest. Um, like I talked about it, like he's a switchable kind of big. There isn't a defensive coverage he can't play, and the flashes of it, of it, of how good he can be. Um, and I think that they're bringing him along slowly, but like if they start doing like drop stuff, on, oh, if they start doing switches on Capella, who I think is probably a little more capable than probably giving credit for it, but still not great. Yeah, like it could show them like, okay, we need Okongwu to develop into this, and then that could like be the catalyst for his development. Um, so that's what's interesting with the Hawks for me. Um, for for you know, me, Bogey, Bogey is excellent. For me, with the Hawks, it's like, yeah, Bogey is excellent. I feel like he's he's gonna be a major X factor for them. But for me, it's like Trey Young is going to get hunted like a deer in prime hunting season. Yeah. Like I, I I think the the big thing will be the Collins, John Collins storyline. Because if how John Collins plays in the playoffs are going to have a massive impact on his free agency. Because mm. some teams gonna offer him big money and the Hawks may probably are probably gonna look at his playoff performance and say, okay, is he worth it? Like the money, are we gonna match it? Because they have Okongwu, and Okongwu mm-hmm. is no, and Okongwu's pretty good. I think he's gonna be really good. Like, I still believe he's he's going to be the best big man from that draft class. Um, but you know, it's gonna be interesting. With Collins, they, um, I think, you know, the owners. I think the one thing that like just kind, I kind of don't like about it is there aren't that many rookies that are going to get big minutes in the playoffs, though. In general, but you know, yeah, I don't think I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of rookies because Obi's not going to get minutes. Whew. Yeah, no, he's not. Yeah, or Congress probably not going to get big minutes. Oh, but we'll see. I think um, the one rookie that probably could is um quickly it, just because of like yeah. his spark oh, yeah, plug quickly, offense. Um, Boston might if they if Boston makes it, Naismith will probably Naismith and Pritchett will probably get minutes, yeah. and you'll get West. Josh Green should be getting minutes for Dallas, but he's not. Because Rick, Rick Carlisle is like so boomer old school with it still. Yeah. With like playing young guys. Like he just doesn't do that unless you're like a phenom. Unless you're Ruka, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Memphis makes it, we'll probably see Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman play. Mm-hmm. But like there's no, there's no premier rookies unless uh, the Hornets make it. And Lamelo Ball, Lamella puts Ball on a show. Lamella Ball's, yeah, Lamelo Ball is going to because Lamelo Ball is obviously going to start. Um, uh, and then no, uh, yeah, I was going to say the Wizards, Wizards can can get up get into the play in, which they probably will. I would say mm-hmm. that, but yeah, but I forgot Denny got hurt. Well, I don't feel too bad for him, but <laughs> I don't feel too bad. One thing I do want to ask you before we move off playoffs yeah. is how do you feel about um, Milwaukee and just Giannis? Because like I feel like people are like still like same old Giannis. Is they're gonna build the wall, blah blah blah, and he hasn't really expanded they really his game. Didn't, though, like they they got through 
um, they got through ma- the magic so easy that like Giannis really didn't matter. I'm gonna look it up because like it kind of does bother me that yeah they dominated it, them pretty pretty swiftly. Yeah. But um, you know he wasn't great in game one against Miami, but he started like eighteen, ten, and nine, which isn't terrible, but not like what we expect from him, obviously. Yeah. Um. Oh, I, oh wow, he was he was way better in the in the Orlando series than I thought. Um. But it he just was didn't really seem good. like that much yeah. because because like because they it was Orlando. Like, yeah, and they we went through him so quickly. But like he averaged thirty sixteen six in that series. But <laughs> that's insane. Insane. Um but he was he was really good in game two. Like I don't think people realize that. Like that was probably one of the few close games of that series, right? Yeah. And then yep. um he got he got toed in game three, in game nine game three, in game four. But the thing is he had 19 points in 11 minutes. That's crazy. Like, like, so like, I don't think it's like, oh, same old Giannis. And like, and mind you, Miami has the one of the few players that are equipped to handle guarding Giannis and Bam Adebayo. Mm -hmm. Like, so it should be interesting. I think they're going to go far. I think Giannis is hungry. Like, Giannis doesn't care about MVPs anymore. Like, any MVPs anymore. I think he would be the Personally speaking, if he didn't deal with those injuries, those nagging injuries, like he'd probably be the front runner for me, just because of how incredible. Like, like he's having another insane season, and like people just don't care at this point. Because yeah, they're like so t- it's it's become like tired. It's like the the Westbrook thing where like everybody's like they've become numb to it basically. Yeah, well, the Westbrook thing's always been ridiculous to me. Like. Cause like he's six foot three, like he's grabbing ten rebounds a game. I don't care that he's like pushing guys out of the way. Like he's six three, grabbing ten boards a game. Like that's absurd to think about. And the same thing yeah. with Giannis. It's like you know twenty eight, eleven, and six isn't normal. That's nothing um, to like sneeze at. Yeah, like last year, his I think his um. Last year when he won MVP, that was his best MVP year in my opinion, because he averaged almost thirty fourteen and six in thirty minutes. Like, yeah, that's insane. That's absurd. Because they, so, and they were like they were blowing teams out of the door every game, yeah. basically. But like for me, I've I've seen I've noticed things with Giannis, especially the the in the two Nets games that like were on national TV that stood out a lot. Was like he's really coming to his own a little bit towards the end of the season yeah. in that like ten to fifteen games. foot range, and he's, he's able to close out games exactly. Yeah. Yep, he did to he did to um the Nets. He did he to the Sixers did. really early in the year too, yeah. and they got mad at him because he sat on the logo. <laughs> <laughs> he sat on the logo. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I noticed things like Giannis is just getting more comfortable with that jumper that everyone's been telling him to get comfortable with, but not in the three-point range, which really doesn't no. matter for Giannis, because I feel well, like if he's able to like, dominate in that yeah. mid-post area, then he mm-hmm. should be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I loved the way he coached that. I think it was the he coached that Nets game and he coached that Sixers game. Like, those were some of the best Giannis games I've, ever, I've seen from him. Um, and he's incredible. Like, he's one of those... He's like, he's like LeBron, where it's just like... You like wow, he's really doing this. Like Yeah. And it's just like it's not just him barreling his way to the rim like some people think it is. Like it takes skill. Like the 
There are a bunch of freak athletes that, don't, that are like around his size that haven't worked out in the league. There's actually been more of those freak athletes that are like his size that haven't worked out than there have been players that have been even close to, like maybe even half as successful as he's been. Yeah. So as we move off playoffs, I do want to, because we did start talking about MVPs. Um, So I think we we can all agree that Jokic is the MVP, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah. there's been this faction of the media that's been like pumping in this CP3 narrative like out of nowhere the last couple Chris of Paul, weeks. I don't even think Chris Paul is like a top three guy for MVP voting. Like some people don't me, even have him top five, which is like. I, so a take. for me, is Jokic is the winner. Embiid would be the runner-up because if Embiid was healthy, he'd be my number one because he'd be not only be like an MVP level player on offense, but he'd be defensive player of the year level as well, which I think would probably put him over Jokic. But because of the injuries, it pushes him down. He hasn't played enough games. Jokic hasn't missed a game yet. Um, I put Giannis three. Those mm-hmm. would be my top three. So it'd be Jokic, Embiid, Giannis. And then maybe Chris Paul for you. I don't... It's hard to say. Um... I think that the I think the most interesting player to see w- if he gets votes or not will be Westbrook, mm. especially if he leads him to the playoffs. Because if he, it's already in my opinion, what Westbrook did this season is already the best season to not make an All Star team. Um, it it definitely will be solidified as that if they, um, if they make the playoffs this year, right? Yeah. Um. um yeah. I'm trying to think of other names that like you could throw in there. Some Kevin people Durant, throw Luca in there. Luca, I think you could probably throw him in Luca in there. You know, some people throw again, Steph as well. Steph, yeah. Um, I think those are guys. Some of these guys are like default names, just basically like because yeah. of what they've done. Damian Lillard's name I would throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he carried Portland for yeah. a while. Yeah, I think I I probably would have Dame over CP3. I know CP3 seems a higher seed, but like with CJ missing the time that he did. And Lucas basing the time that he did, like the fact that Dame has been able to keep them firmly in a playoff spot, which they're likely gonna finish like top five, top six. Like that's yeah. impressive. Um Kawhi's another name. That's that's just a default name though. As well. Julius Randle, I'd put in there. Yeah. I probably put I, I didn't want to sound too homerish on my own yeah. podcast, but yeah, I definitely have Julius in like my own personal top five just because of like the yeah. turnaround he's made. Every, he's the everyone, most improved. Like, oh, for sure. Everyone who's listening right now, if you haven't checked out Noah's video on Julius Randle MIP, definitely check that out. It's a must yeah. watch. If you especially if you're a Knicks fan, but even if you're not, watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just like the turnaround he's made, of course that garners MIP, but like carrying this team who a lot of people had at 22 wins mm-hmm. to a, maybe a top four or five finish in, in the East is just like crazy. Like if you told me this in the beginning of the year, I would have laughed at you and probably told you to like go like F yourself somewhere. Like <laughs> honestly. Because he was so hated. <laughs> people thought, I, I remember, and this is including me, I thought Obi Toppin was going to replace him. <laughs> so did I. I was, yeah. and after like the first couple of preseason games, I was like, okay, um, let's get Julius um, Randle's sixth man of the year trophy nice and shiny because he's going to be coming off the bench for Obi. But mm-hmm. nope, he's, I guess I'm he saw all honest. that and I'm he turned it around. 
I'm not too optimistic about Obi, though. <laughs> I actually, I want to say this. I actually kind of am because at first I was I'm like, not, I was like, off on him, but like he, lately, I think he's fine. He's not being used properly. Let's get that out of the way. Oh, of course. But one thing I do want to say before you like continue, spot. He needs to be. He's not in a Dunku spot newly enough for my liking. And he's yeah. like, you can use him like a pick and roll. You can somewhat pop as well, like. Mostly we've been using him in the short corners and like he gets above the break threes. And I think I think he's they a do good that. Shooter. I will I will say that he's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, well. he has a nice form and the the mechanics are all fluid and whatnot. So I don't have a problem with that. But and he's I also so think Steph. He he really is. He's he is. Steph. He's a great boot. It's like people that's why people say like, oh, he's the best at, he's some like, oh, he's the best out in the draft. I'm like, well, he's not a better athlete than Anthony Edwards. Let's get that out of the way. But he's, <sighs> just because you're a great vertical athlete does not mean you're a great athlete. Yeah. Because like there's a lateral movement, you side to side, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like your speed, things like that. And while he had great vertical explosion, he was a horrible lateral mover at, at Dayton. Uh, and he probably has been in the league. I haven't watched him too much, but well, he is kind of bad laterally still. But like on defense, he's actually pretty good, which is yeah. like the one well, thing that a, shocked I, a lot of Knicks a, fans, especially. He's a he has a good IQ basketball yeah. IQ. Um, it's just that. You know, I don't think that, like, was it worth spending the eighth overall pick on a motivation chip? Like, well, see, I don't think, I don't think it was a motivation chip because I think they originally thought that they were going, he was going to replace him, but he ended up being a motivation chip for Vandal. That's it. He did, which is weird because, um, I spoke on, um, when, um, me and the guys from the Strickland. Um, we went on spaces after one of the games because we're doing like post game spaces now, and yeah. I they were talking about like why did the team pick Obi, and and a lot of people were like, well, maybe it's because you know Julius was going to be shipped out, and like there were rumors about him being shipped out. Um, so I brought up the fact that in Julius Randall's podcast appearances, he's always mentioned this story about. Well, he mentioned the story once on the Woj Pod about um. How when he met with Leon Rose in World Wide West, yeah, after a game in like November, he told them like I I like he just like he was like so down in the dumps and like he was like I just I just need some help and eventually they became they became hired by the team. Um, they asked him during the off season, "What do you need to help you get better?" He said he needed a coach that will help hold him accountable. So I feel like these guys they really bangs with Randall and. Randall is their guy and like they just probably picked Obi as a depth piece and um maybe you don't go for that at eight or maybe you just don't pick that guy as a depth piece. Um at well, eight. You're gonna but go for, the thing for me though was it was like they were always connected to him. Because his um, because um Leon Rose, our president, his son is his agent. So that's always yeah. gonna be Yeah, but they were always connected to him. Um I still I would have taken Vassal or, or Kyra. Personally, because Kyla, when he gets managed, is showing potential. Um, and Vassell, yeah, Vassell on any other team is talked about so much more highly. Yeah, um, I always imagine Vassell as a backup wing defender for us. Because Vassell, because he plays for the Spurs, they don't play the rookies that often. And, like, obviously, the Celtics did end up coming back. 
But like the Spurs were up 30 on the Celtics and Vassell made one mistake and, and pop pulled him. Yep. That's that's the way those those yeah. old school coaches go. Yeah. Like even Thibs, he saw today in today's game I'm watching currently right now against the Spurs, Obi missed the rotation and he immediately pulled him for Julius. Like it's just like that. So yeah. these coaches um, are like that. So yeah. And I can like you know it is what it is, but with Obi like you know I think again in another another team against Remains puts up slightly better numbers, but mm-hmm. I think his ceiling isn't that high. Like there isn't like there isn't yeah, it's like, not like star you, ceiling. It's like there's some players that like you look at like they aren't they aren't great, but like you see some like like Killian Hayes has been putting up great numbers, but those like whoa moments. Like he has he he'll throw some passes like okay he could be a star in this league just based off his passing. Um, he's actually been better than I think he gets credit for since coming back. Um, you know, obviously the Lamellos, the and the Edwards, the Halliburtons, like those all those stuff, and that's also reflected in stats. Um, but this draft class, that that that, that draft class has just been better than a lot of people probably thought it would be. Yeah, it definitely has. It's proved that it it has a lot of depth. Like even yeah. going probably into the second round, I think there's like some. Pretty but the thing is, there. though, like like me and other. Dra- me and other draft people when we were talking like when we said there was a weaker class like we didn't mean like it was gonna be like 2001 and a lot of people saw that we were that we were saying it was a weaker class and expected it to be like 2000 like <laughs> we didn't say that like yeah we're just saying compared to like we're coming off like back-to-back drafts with generational talents luca zion and then like we're coming off like we're coming off like the the luca eight and SGA, Trey Young, that draft, and uh, Zion, Ja, RJ, uh, that kind of class. It wasn't very strong. I think it's proven to be much better than I thought it would be, but I never thought it was going to be a bad draft. Like, Edwards has so much potential. I just dropped a video on, on him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been way better than I thought it would be. Like, his passing classes have been incredible. Uh, he's Having a pretty good game right now. Last time I texted, he had 25 points in a close game against Denver. Um, you know, Romello's been incredible. You know, he had that underhand 70 foot. That was amazing. Dime. I know. Like, I'm like, I, I, that, that legitimately might be the best pass I've ever seen. Like, and he did it. And he, like, and like, when I look at him, like, he had no reaction to it. Like, he just does that. Like, what nineteen year old would throw a pass like that and have no reaction to it? It's just like that's just who he is. Yep. So that so so that so that brings me to um to 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 where I wanted to talk about development with you because yeah. development in especially in this season it's been really weird and it's kind of benefited some people more than mm-hmm. others because like yeah of course you got um. There's the unpredictability of like who's going to be out certain games, especially earlier in the season where like the COVID protocols mm-hmm. were just insane. And there was a game where like Tyrese Maxey went off because he had no choice but to start and they even played Isaiah Joe that game. And yeah. like then you got the tanking teams like the Rockets, Orlando, OKC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got teams like New York, who's a very young team, Atlanta as well. They are winning as a young team, and you've seen great strides in a lot of their main guys. 
So it's like, yeah. it's really hard to tell where good development comes from because like I, for me, I always point to a case of Kevin Knox in his rookie year where he was just thrown into the absolute wildest situation with David Fisdale, who is an mm-hmm. absolute dodo bird of a coach, by the way, who threw Kevin Knox into like 30 minutes a game as a rookie, as an 18 year old rookie to be the second option basically behind Tim Hardaway Jr. Because Porzingis, big bird was, um, mm-hmm recovering from his torn acl <laughs> um, um so like it's really it's really hard to like de- like gauge like what 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 makes good development basically because like you see with these tanking teams like orlando i like orlando's team because like they just have a bunch of yeah. they just basically have a bunch of young guys like it's cole mm-hmm. anthony wendell carter jr you got Mo. um rj hampton a, a lot of fun young guys that you can just like w- yeah. throw on the TV and mm-hmm. there's just a fun bunch. And you just, you just hope that they, they make their strides. They got my former Nick, um, Ignis Brzezdakis now getting rotation minutes over there. So um, I even Detroit. So it's like, it's weird to gauge yeah. where like, so the development about, is good. The way thing about development is I think it depends on the player more than the team. Um, guys like Jalen Brown, guys like, uh, Giannis, guys like you know Paul George when he was young, um, maybe even I'm trying to think of other names or guys that got brought around. So like Bam Adebayo, like they need to be brought along slowly because they need the skills to develop. Uh, but they have like the work ethic, they have the drive to improve on their skills. There's some players they need to throw into the fire. Michael Porter Jr. should have been playing 20 to 25 minutes a night his rookie year. Yeah. Um. Consistently, but he was getting inconsistent minutes. It really hurt. I think that, but like he was, he was polished enough as a player to where you could have thrown him into a situation and he would have been fine. It's just like, and that was that was always hilarious to me because like Mike Malone didn't want his wife, Michael Porter Jr. inconsistent in the playoffs. I'm like, well, he didn't, you didn't really give him a lot of chances to have experience <laughs> exactly. in the regular season, even though he was clearly like talent wise probably your second best player. Um, not because I not. Obviously, talent-wise, not like overall, because I still think Murray, when healthy, is the better player. Um, and then, like, some people, like, I also get the 2016 draft. Ingram didn't get big-time men to Suzuki. Um, You know, Jalen obviously didn't. Murray didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabonis didn't. You know, guys like that. Sh- Siakam, he didn't get big-time men either. And they all develop at their own pace. But then again, there's other guys that are just ready to be thrown into the fire. Tatum was ready. Right away. Oh, like, yeah. You he, could yeah. see it from the jump. Yeah. Tatum could contribute. Um, I think they should have given Michael Brewer Jr. consistent minutes because I thought he was ready to contribute right away. Uh, a big reason why Chris Dunn, I believe, has, hasn't has lived up to a top five billing is the fact that early on, he was ready to play. Mm-hmm. But he, but because he had so many inconsistent minutes, it messed with him mentally. And like once you get once it messes with you mentally... You can see with a lot of players, like they they don't recover from it. Chris Dunn's an example of that, and like I think the fact that what we saw from him in his first year in Chicago was proof that like yeah he was he he could have been worth a top five pick, but because like it messed with him mentally, and then of course the injuries with him, like you know he went from a guy that's like top five pick point guard could be a potential all star to still I think a pretty solid player because when healthy he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. Um, but like he, I think that like what goes on mentally, plays a factor in it. Um, 
you know, there's things like that, that, that I think that does play a factor. Like, what goes on early in your career, like, I think Dragon Bender, if he ends up in a better situation than what Phoenix was, like, at the time. <sighs> that was a I mess think, over there. Yeah. I think he, his career looks different. Um, I think if you put Josh Jackson in a situation where he's around veterans that can mentor him and lead him down the right path, he's in a better situation. So situation does matter with the with development. Yep. Uh, some guys are ready. Some guys aren't. Um, you know, I think... Wiggins, if Wiggins was in Cleveland and they still got LeBron, and that would have been an Wiggins, excellent situation right. for him, probably. Yeah, it's like, and you have Wiggins learning from LeBron. Maybe Wiggins ends up living up to the hype. Yep, because because it's clear he was talented. Because like I always say this with Wiggins, it's like this was the worst possible outcome. What you see in his career become was the worst outcome. And if that's the worst outcome, which is still a tw- at his best, a 24-point per game score. And what he is now, which is like a solid defender, like a up 18 points a night, maybe go off at like 30-plus randomly. Like, if that's his worst-case scenario, I don't like I don't even want to know what his best-case scenario could have been. That's why I always say the hype was justified because, you know, his worst-case scenario is still like what 99% of all NBA players to ever play in the NBA would consider a successful career. Like... Things like that. Um, you know, again, some people, like I mentioned, with the get back on development thing, sometimes, like, and I understand what, like, Boston, uh, it's hard because they're, they're a playoff team and, like, they always draft. I always get, when you're a team like Boston, you have to draft best player available. You can't worry about fit. But, like, a lot of the time, best player available ends up being a wing, which is the most loaded spot on the team. Yeah. So like Naismith, it was hard to get him mentally. Langford, it was hard to get him mentally. He also, I don't even know if he exists because, because <laughs> like he's just been injured so much. But like, I remember, I think I had I had Romeo, I had a top five grade on Romeo Langford when he was coming out because like, I saw him in high school. If you go, anyone that's watching, that's listening to this, go watch his high school stuff. He was like, I don't know if you know Jaden Hardy, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, insane bucket getter. Romeo Langford yep. was Romeo Langford like, coming out of high school was a better scoring prospect than that, uh, which says something. He just uh, he did get an injury on his hand and on his shooting hand, and he played through it, which affected his shooting numbers obviously. Uh, but I still thought of him very highly. Um, so that was just my little rant about him. I I thought it was a fine pick, but like I just didn't know. Langford, it's weird because like he he's gone from like this big time scoring prospect to now a guy that's like when healthy he's proven he's a good defender. So like he's gone from like this scoring prospect to this three and D wing prospect now. Um, yeah, but, that's 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 it, that's the weird thing about like the NBA. Your your role can change so significantly. I think that's what also plays a part in 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 development as well. You know, like, like Bam was primarily like the shot blocking raw athlete coming out. Like no one thought he would turn into like our generation's Kevin Garnett. Like no one I thought he was going to be like just a simple lob threat because like that's all they basically used I him in as Kentucky. Like yeah, I thought he was going to be like Fareed. I didn't expect again. Like no one could have predicted he would become like our generation's Kevin Garnett. Like this guy that can switch on to multiple play on different positions on defense, and he's a good passer. 
Um, he doesn't have the offensive like scoring game that uh, KG has quite yet, but he's slowly starting to get there. Uh, and he's like what twenty three years old, like. But um, I'm trying to think of it, but like development, it just some players are ready, some players aren't. Not everyone's going to be Luca. Not everyone's going to be Zion. Yeah, you just to gotta, play. you just gotta take it. You just take it slow. Like, even going back to my Knicks, Julius Randle. I mean, he had he had all the tools all these years of like the quick feet, the overpowering strength, the mm. somewhat decent handle, which has improved significantly over the years. Um, and he had like a little bit of a shooting touch even in Kentucky. And the question was always, can he put it together? Um, and and not. And can you give it a hundred percent all the time and not just be like this mercenary who like who's just like there just for the 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 stats and that's it. Mm-hmm. But like I think the right combination of like self-realization, maturity, coaching, oh, yeah. all those things just cooked up the perfect recipe for what has turned into his his season this year. And I think I think that's why like it's like it's really hard, especially when someone's in like there's this is Julius's seventh year and he's finally like looking like the star that people pegged him to be coming out of Kentucky eventually. But like it can be rough waiting that long for certain guys, which is like some teams just don't have the patience for that. Yeah. So it's like it's very it's weird. Um Yeah, it's true though, like you never know what's gonna happen with these guys. Like, like Yeah. For as much as I make fun of Kobe White, he could turn out to be amazing. We don't know that. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't bet on it, but... I mean, he might be it, amazing in Shanghai, but like... <laughs> we don't know, like... Hey, he's an excellent free throw shooter, though. We'll always have Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm talking about with that, right? Um, Who are you talking about with that? No, so you know, you know that that a key kid. Oh yes, that's what he. That's the one of the main points that he made. Yes, that he's an excellent free yeah, throw shooter free because shooter. you know I'm like, well, that is the end all be all. I'm like, well, he's also inconsistent. <laughs> I, like, he turns 16. over the ball like he's, he's sharing <laughs> it with the other team, <laughs> and even when he has good games, like when I watch him play, like I don't watch, I don't watch him play religiously or anything like that. Like some more for fun. Or for fun, like some sickos do, but <laughs> um, like even when like, it's like a good game, like he had a great game against Boston, like he was terrible for like three quarters of that game. <laughs> like it was just that one quarter where he turned up, and then it was just like oh yeah, Simmons did that to us like twice, where he was like terrible for three quarters, and then all of a sudden he's like oh I'm gonna be LeBron in this fourth quarter, and we lose both those games because of that. Um, but with Kobe, it's just like even when he has good games, he don't look good. Like Edwards, like he's he's another inconsistent player. He's actually having an, another great game tonight. But like, even though he's inconsistent, like when he has a good game, it looks good. Like like that game he had against Memphis, that was one of the best games I've seen from a guard this season. But like with Kobe, it's just like I just don't get that with them. Yeah, like. He doesn't look good when they win. He doesn't look good when he plays well. He doesn't look good when he, he doesn't. Like, and, and like, it, I think Jacob and I take it up, take up, and I've talked about this. It's like he does the same thing every game. It's just some of the some of the nights, the stupid stuff he does just happens to go in. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like for me with Kobe, I think it's like he probably just has to go to a different team because I don't think you can be 
this type of ball dominant guard playing next to Zach yeah. Levine. So it's going to be very interesting to see what that team does next year because I heard they're rumored they want to be um in on Lonzo. So yeah, I wonder what happens with them because if they get a top three pick, they're likely going to get a chance at Suggs or uh, Cade. Obviously, if they get if, if they get the first pick, you take Kate Cunningham. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's not up for the yeah. That's, there's no question about that. You don't <laughs> okay. doubt that. But if you get if, if three is an interesting spot for them because like Mobley to me is the easy number two in this draft. But like three, it's like yep, Suggs. There, I'm not as high on Suggs as most are. Um, you know, Jalen Green would be the most redundant pick of all time because he's basically Zach Levine 2.0. Um. You know, but like that, you probably take Suggs there, um, which could be. I think Suggs would be an awesome fit in Chicago because, like, he's not forced to be the guy because you have Levine, uh, but he can be a like a two guard playmaker for them. Yeah. Um. So. Like yeah. So with development, okay. So so for me with the tanking teams this year. Like, mm-hmm. a lot has been made of, like, Poku, who is, like, this super, super raw guy. Oh, James and I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> he, That is definitely his twin, by the way. But, yeah, I mean, like, a lot is made of, like, his flashes this year. But, like, I legitimately cannot see, like, a good basketball player mm-hmm. right, right now. Here's and, the like, thing with him. He has a lot of potential. Yes. But OKC is going to draft guys this year that have probably close potential, um, considering where the are going to pick, and are already more developed than him. That's the thing. Also, I will give him benefit for the doubt. He is super young. He's younger than Kate Cunningham. He's younger than Mobley. He's younger than Suggs. Like, he has like a December 2001 birthday, which in most instances means you're part of the next year's class. Yeah. But he was a part of this year's class. Um, the the best way I can put it when I watch him play is he's the worst player of all time with some of the best flashes I've ever seen. Because there <laughs> that are times that, that's a good way to put it. terrible, and like like but I'm like who do you think you are? Like he just tries the most like absurd things, but like he shows the flashes of being capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like. You just, it just leaves me so confused about the kind of projection you have with him. Yeah, it's such a weird prospect to evaluate because, like, some guys I remember in, the, in their draft boards, they had him rising, like, to, like, lottery status. I had him going to the Spurs at 11. Mm, okay. But that was before, because I thought Vassell would be long gone before the Spurs backed, so. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what to think about him. Like, again, OKC. and like just all those guys on OKC, like Basley is really good. I think he's gonna be good. Um, Maladon, I could see him carving out a, a, a really decent role on like a real, like a, a a better team next year. I assume OKC is gonna be unless they want to mm-hmm. do the tank thing again. But like, and like the Rockets too, because yeah. like I, I I know KPJ is like super talented. But like for me, it's Kenyon Martin well, Jr. Jr. I did not see Kenyon Jr. Martin doing what he's doing right now mm-hmm. in the league. Yeah, I I, I saw this from Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Like he was know, like the, he's lottery talent, but he fell because of like 
the other you know, they, issues. They, and they are like off the good things with them. Yes. Uh, but I I don't know what to think of because like, the thing is I'm not educated enough on those off the good things to like speak on them. Um so I'm not gonna speak on them like fully because like, I don't know enough. Um but there are but I also know that there are mental health things with him. There's things that happened early on in his life that have affected him mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the town's always been there with him. Yep. Yeah, it's just... Again, again, I still don't know enough about to speak on him, on, those, on what happened off the court. Like, you can only know so much. Yeah. And But like on the court, he's a talented player. One of the more fun players to watch. Um, he would have been a top five pick if it wasn't for like those off the court things. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, like, like based off pure talent, he was a top three player to me. I thought he was. I think he personally, and this is, I I think OJ is the better player now. But based off pure talent, I think KPJ is probably more talented. But then I think KPJ is like one of like among the young players, like one of the three most talented young players in the league. Just based off pure talent alone, um, like. The handle he has at that size, like the athleticism he has, like that kind of combination, you don't find that often. Yeah. And like, yeah, going back to what did you see out of Kenyon Martin Jr.? Because I I remember you said something on Twitter, but I like I don't remember specifically what you said. Oh, I said something like I never thought this would happen. I didn't even think he was going to make it to the NBA. Me neither. I used to watch him like I used to watch. I used okay, to watch so that Sierra Canyon team religiously. He was a like, beast. They were crazy. Team. He was a anything he wanted to dunk. He dunked he it. Could dunk, he could dunk. Um, it, it's an interesting debate about him and Cassius Stanley, who was the most athletic player in that team, because Cassius Stanley was a free athlete in his own right. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think he's personally sort of won that dunk contest because he had the best dunk of the night, in my opinion. Where like he went under like both legs or something like that. Like it was, it was, it was one of those ones. Like in, um, when you watch it in real speed, it's not that impressive. But once you see it in slow mo, you're like, oh wow. Um, but with Kenyon Martin, you know, obviously he's the son. Before we first overall pick, yeah, uh, I just didn't expect him. To, I didn't think the shooting would be this good. <laughs> That's the first thing that stood out to me. Um, you know, I just didn't think he was an NBA player like, right away. Like he he was supposed to go with Scottie Pippen Jr. to Vanderbilt because they were mm-hmm. both obviously teammates at Sierra Canyon. He decommitted, went for postgraduate IMG Academy, which is basically a daycare, um, <laughs> and um, you know, and then he. Declared he got drafted late second round, and he's been way better than I thought. Like, yeah. if you told me like who was going to have a better rookie season, and you put like, I'm trying to think of a player that I thought was going to be really good, and you put like Tyrese Maxey and Ken- Kenyon Martin, you put the stats side by side, I would think Maxey's stats were Kenyon's, like. And I would wonder where did you put um, Kenyon Martin stats because like I just didn't think he'd be this good. Like me neither. And that's like my whole thing where it comes to like development, and how engaging, how good these guys really are. Because like, well, he benefited from the G League. 
Which is that a, a lot of these guys couldn't benefit because like it isn't a normal G League U where you could send guys down and up. Like you said, that bubble, and he sold out in the bubble. Um, he's always had the athleticism to be a good NBA player, but I think this, I didn't think the skills were there. But it, it should be interesting. Yeah. So, so shifting to a more winning team for development. So we look yeah. at the 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 Knicks, for example. Mm-hmm. Like the strides RJ made. I think. Those are sort of a benefit from the nine months off, but also just like I, I think he also being on a better Julius team. Randall being better. Yes. I think a lot of it, a lot of his improvement has to do with Randall just being better than he was last year, um, significantly better. Because Julius Randall, I, I mentioned it earlier last season, was arguably the worst high volume player I've ever seen. Like, I know the counting stats looked fine. Like, not almost twenty points and ten rebounds on like forty six percent from the field. But when you watch the tape, and it, I I I don't think I made like made it thirty minutes into watching him play, because he was just awful, awful, just awful, like straight up like, awful. So like, OJ, I saw I I, I saw what's on coming with him, with his development. It's because like players naturally develop. He's mm-hmm. young. He's only in second season. He wasn't as bad as I think people thought he was in his rookie year. He showed some flashes toward the end of the season. Um, you know, there's some things I still want him to improve on. I want him to get to the line more. That's a big one. Um, I want him improve some. Like he still has some those like tunnel vision moments that I want him to improve on. Consistency, obviously, but like the tunnel vision isn't as bad as it was in his rookie year, in my opinion. Um, it's at a point where it's like, okay, every young player struggles with this, especially school-oriented players. Um, but I think he has, like, like borderline all-NBA kind of potential, personally speaking. Uh, and he's showing right everyone why... I, I, and he's showing everyone why he was the... Um, Number one ranked high Randy. school process. Yeah. It should have been Zion. I, 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 I got to a point, like... Probably midway through the senior years, like it's Zion. Zion's better because, like, even though Zion wasn't playing the competition, OJ was like, OJ was not, Zion was dominating all the camps. He dropped like 36 points on Nyeko Kongru, like, at, at Hoopal Classic. And, like, he still, he, he was like a generational like, athlete with legit basketball skills. And it's just like, well, you don't see that often. Like, he was a legitimate defensive end build with like small forward skills. But like with RJ though, I'm he's been impressive. Um the haters were very loud about it with him. Very loud. And they are very loud every chance they get. Especially and after this that. Is, and this goes back to his Duke days. Yep. Like they they were talking about him like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah him and like OJ and Zion weren't a great fit. They were good friends off the court, obviously, but like on the court, it wasn't a great fit. I always be- will believe that Cam Reddish and Cam Reddish kind of got posted aside on that team, of course. But like, I think it would have worked better if it was just Cam and OJ or Cam and Zion. Yeah, all three, three shouldn't have gone because it, it wasn't the best fit. Well, and it's on um 
With Zion was the last to commit. I, I always feel bad for Cam Bass because I think I always wonder if he went to Duke, like thinking he was going to be the Jason Tatum or the Brandon Ingram, and then all of a sudden OJ comes along, and then Zion comes along, and you know he was the first to he was the first guy to commit, and all of a sudden he goes from the from the start of this recruiting class to the third guy, like. Mm. Yep. I always wonder. I always feel kind of feel bad for them in that regard because I wonder about you. He did like, and I think in an alternate universe where 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 Cam gets more opportunity, you know, maybe he goes higher in the draft because he went ten based off his talent alone. Like, because there wasn't a lot in the box score to suggest he should have gone that high, but like the talent was obvious with them. But um, with OJ, you know, I'm glad to see that he's doing well. And the shooting is something that, like, really surprised me. Oh, yeah, the shooting obviously is big because, like, the volume's up, the numbers improve significantly. I wouldn't say, like, too significantly, but, like, 32 to 39. It's a pretty pretty good jump. Pretty good jump. Like, I think some people thought OJ was, like, this 20% three-point shooter, which (laughs) wasn't true. Like, he wasn't a terrible shooter. It's like Anthony Edwards, who it's like, yeah, the numbers aren't great, but they're not a bad shooter. Like, you can't leave them open. Like, yeah. And Edwards is a much better shooter, I think, than numbers suggest. Um, yeah. And, like, with RJ, the one thing he did, like, all Drew Hanlon said is they tweaked his, like, his 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 mechanics, basically, where his arm is not in front of his face anymore, so he's able to see when he can shoot, basically. Mm. And that's all it was. And you can see the improvement drastically already. Yeah. It's odd because he's a left-handed player, but he's naturally right-handed, which I always thought was interesting. Yeah, um, it it is weird because like I I saw the video of him using chopsticks. I'm like, he uses chopsticks with his right hands. As a lefty, um, you shouldn't be able to use. I I am a left-handed person. Like, you shouldn't be able to use your right hand for chopsticks that easily. So. Unless um, he's, he's like only... really ambidextrous and really talented like that. Yeah. <laughs> um he's in the only example. Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, he's he's not squeaky really right handed, but he, he's a left handed quarterback. Because mm. he learned how to throw with his left hand. Um mm, okay. That's yeah. but if you spend a year just doing throwing stuff with like your opposite hand, you'll develop like the ability to use it. Like um I I'll, I'll give you an example. I worked in the kitchen last summer. Mm-hmm. Um and I would throw a towel against like the side of the dishwasher with my right hand. I can throw, ba- I can almost comfortably throw with my right hand now. Like, oh wow, yeah. And there are other things like I, I, I've always been able to switch it, um, both with golf and soccer, not not soccer, baseball. Um, but it, it's interesting with that. Yeah, but, but with, to get back on RJ though. Um, you know, he's been impressive and he's, you know, I think the shooting's a bit better than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be like 35% this year. I didn't think 39, um, which is, you know, it's a, it's, I, I, it's a huge step in his development because it kind of projects him further along yeah. than and like and where we thing, thought like, he would be. Yeah. Like, and it, that happens a lot where like, you and guys in the league and you think they have the ceiling and things, ceilings could change. Like, OJ, like, the shooting improvement has to be thinking, okay, like, borderline all-star to, like, borderline all-NBA. That's the ceiling now. Yeah. The What Anthony Edwards has been doing is, like, 
Anthony Edwards like, always thought would just be like a good all star, like a Zach Levine kind of all star. But what I've seen from him in his rookie year, I'm like, he's slowly pushing his ceiling towards that all NBA kind of ceiling. Yeah. Because like again, like I mentioned in the video, I'm like, if he's this good now at 19, and he's just scratching the surface of how good he's going to be, like, yeah. I think it could, I think it could happen with guys that are in the league, like Kaminga, like. He's someone whose ceiling could massively go up because, like, right now, based off what I've seen, you know, like, based off, like, the numbers, like, you would think, like, oh, he might have a ceiling. But based off what I, when you watch him play, like, his ceiling is so high. And it could be even higher based off what we see from him in his rookie year. Um, but you never know. Like, who would have thought Jalen Brown would be as good as he's been? Yeah, that was a surprising that one. Guy, I think we talked about it last dribble. time, too. Yeah. Like, like that can, jump is insane. Dribble. And yeah. the short amount of time um, between his off seasons too was like you yeah. didn't expect. Even this. Tatum, even Tatum was like I didn't think Tatum would be this good this early. Like I, I thought it would be good, but like he's somebody that like his passing has improved a lot, which I believe is like what people aren't talking about enough. Like he's improved significantly as a passer, uh, and his like offensive game is expanding. Still want to see his free throw numbers get up. by like that's a combination of like his ability and also like he needs the refs just don't like him like <laughs> the refs don't like that, anybody that, that's year. another thing with rj that's yeah the refs oh the refs my, don't like guy don't even get me started on the calls Dude, with rj guy. rj gets like literally decapitated and they just like look at him and they're like i don't see you know another play they do that too is um kemba Kemba gets is another victim of that. Where like he'll get hacked in the lane and they just won't call it. The Celtics are a big victim of that. Like I've seen Daniel Tice like get whacked in the face and they called an offensive foul on him. The like, thing is with the refs this year is like since there's like minimal fans in the arena, you have to you have to provide a really solid reaction to you getting mm-hmm. fouled because in the Lakers game against the Knicks, Anthony Davis pushed Nerlens Noel but flung his head back so he got the foul. Yeah. And that's a skill by the way. I don't know if people understand. Like that's a skill to be able to do that. Like not everyone oh, can course. do that. Like I know we, I it's just so annoying to watch Trey Young do it. Oh man, yeah. don't even get me started on yeah, that. Dude. Like, I can't like, that's not even basketball, but like the, the, there's a reason only like him, Harden, and Luca. There's only reason guys like that are doing it. Um, Luka might be the first player to get like a lot of foul calls and the refs still hate him. Um, for good reason <laughs> because, too. Because he cries for more. Like, dude, he's they're a giving temper, you already. Because he's a, because he's a, te- he has problems, I swear. He does. Um, you saw the Colin Sexton re- retaliation. Yeah. Oh my God, that was, I saw the look in his eyes like, oh, he did that on purpose. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, know, like, I think, I think winning definitely plays a part in like development because a lot of, a lot of times with the, these young guys like on the Knicks, I think you can get away with it for a few years like the, the yeah. OKC Thunder got away with it and remember when they had Harden and when Russ and KD like KD's rookie year they were terrible Russ's rookie year they were terrible like they didn't become good until Harden's rookie year yeah were they and almost like, upset? Were they almost upset? Like a team that went on to win the title. I don't yeah. think people understand that. Like taking a team and taking a, a team that would win the title to six games that young is insane. And obviously, they made the Western Conference Finals a year after. Who knows if they keep Harden? Or would I definitely think they would have won a title if they kept Harden for sure? Uh, you know, 
it's just interesting to see. And people always say, like, oh, Harden wouldn't become what he was if he stayed. I think what the Nets have been doing this year when all three of them are healthy is prove that Harden probably still develops into that player. Yeah, it just probably takes a little bit longer, yeah. but it's still, yeah. still on like, that path. Yeah, he was. Like, it just got like jump started when he got shipped to Houston because he had his own team then. Mm-hmm. People and also people forget like, he averaged almost seventeen points a game and won sixth man of the year. So at the very least, he was like going to be like the best sixth man in the league. Yeah, like, can you imagine that? Like Russ and KD go to the bench, and Harden comes in like, and then he goes like MVP Harden on them exactly. Yeah, like. Like, I, yeah, think, like, I, I use Manu as an example. Like Manu Ginobili mm-hmm. would have put up much better numbers if he was on his own team. Like, I, I think it's a Hall of Famer, personally speaking. Oh, of course. But like, but like all people don't say that, well, he didn't put up great numbers. He would have put up Harden, not, well, maybe not like Harden, Harden type numbers, like, you know, like the 36 points, but like the early like Rockets Harden numbers. Like, I think he could put up that. Like, like the 27, like five and five. He was he was incredible. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. But yeah, um, I think back to my point about winning. Like with Knicks fans, especially earlier this year, they were like freaking out because like, well, a certain faction of them they were freaking out because like, Obi Toppin wasn't getting like twenty minutes a night, and like, or Kevin Knox wasn't touching the court for certain periods of time, or like, like it was just stuff like that, and it was like. I think the team will find a way to balance winning and development. And so far they have a lot of our main rotation guys are either like younger veterans or they are our young core pieces like an RJ or an Emmanuel quickly, or even Obi Toppin has come in and like, there was a game against the Raptors where he came in and like the game just automatically like shifted because like he hit like two straight threes and he just came in with energy. And it's just like stuff like that. That that's I know be Raptors solid fans weren't happy about that. <laughs> they they were not. We 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 smoked well, the Raptors. Well, because there's a the thing. Court. The thing with Toronto is that they there was like a thing where like bad players just go off against them. Like Semi Ozilay <laughs> went off against them, and then was horrible for the next two games. I understand, like as a Raptors fan, that would piss people off. Like I'm not saying I am one, but like. You know, like, if I were one, like, that would piss me off. Like, geez, As a Knicks one. fan, I've seen it's, my fair share of garbage players go off against us. So like, I, I know where they come from. It was like Chris Middleton. Like, Chris Middleton went off against us in the playoffs in the second round um, in 2019. And then he's horrible in the Raptors series. Like, that, like as a Celtics fan, that's frustrating. Because he, w- he was awesome in the against the Celtics. And then he's terrible against the Raptors. Like... You know, like things like yeah, that. Like, I understand where. It, yeah, I understand where they're coming from too, because people go off against the Knicks all the time, and it, and until this year, it's kind of like simmered down. But before this year, it was like a nightly occurrence. So, um, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. of course, I have some draft prospects to ask you about because draft is draft season is is approaching for a large. Part, portion of NBA fans within the next couple of weeks well, when they get eliminated and then from the play-in or... <laughs> some of us, it's always draft season. It's always draft season. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, some Knicks fans, they have let me known 
um, about prospects they are interested in. It's going to be very interesting because I don't think either either of our draft picks will end up in that range unless like Lakers win out and Dallas somehow fumbles their their way into the the play in and loses there. But I don't see any of our picks landing where some of these guys may end up. But mm-hmm. They have let me known that they are interested in one name that's come up a lot, especially with um the guys at the Strickland, um, is Sharif Cooper. He's someone that could be in your range, I do think. Hmm. Okay. It, it's interesting. His draft range is so low. It's like I think there's a chance he goes top ten. It's not likely. I think he's like late lottery, mid first round. Personally, uh, but there's a chance he does fall. Um. In my opinion, he's one of the three best passers in this draft alongside Kay Cunningham and Josh Giddy. Um, you know, the, the problem with him is he's small. He's like six foot on a good day. Yeah. That's the big thing with him and um, what kind of holds him back. But he's, again, a gifted passer, one of the best passers in this draft. Um he draws fouls at a super high rate, like an absurd rate for someone that's that small. Um, he got to the line uh, 8.6 times per game and has a pretty high uh, free throw attempt rate at 56% at 0.560. Okay. Um, and when you watch him, he's one of my favorite players to watch. You know, he is, um, again, he has a gifted passer, his ability to draw fouls. Like if, a, if he was either A, six foot three, like 180, or B, a better three point shooter, he would be a consensus top 10 guy. But because he's, he's a horrible, he's not a good three point shooter, uh, even though I think there's some indicators he could become one. Um, and there's like, you know, things like that. Like, it's just hard to say. A team that probably won't be able to get him because, like, uh, they gave their pick to Orlando. Uh, um, and it, the only way to keep the pick would be in the range too high to take him would be Chicago. Like Chicago would be a fun team. Mm, the yep. Knicks, I think, would be a great spot for him, though. Yeah, a um, lot of our guys here, like like Prez at the Strickland, he he, he really likes Sharif Cooper. Um, and like some Knicks fans, I guess they're kind of like with with Cooper. It's like he's a small guard, the shooting, but like. How's his finishing at the rim? Because like that's one thing it, that Dibs is like. Guy. Dibs loves guys that can get into the paint, as you can see with Alfred Payton. Yeah. Um, he's a good. He's a good small finisher. Okay, so he he's does, not like Alfred Payton. He can get to the paint, but he does get his shot blocked a fair amount of times. He's it's it's something he'll have to improve. But that's just him being six feet tall. Yeah, and on a good as I can be, he's not even probably six feet tall. He's probably six feet tall with his hair. He's probably closer to like five eleven. Um, so that is a bit of a problem. There's a lot to like about him. I think that his playmaking alone will keep him in the league. Um, and the swing factors are his shooting ability. Like that's the big swing factor. Can he shoot the basketball? He is stronger than he gets credit for it as well. He has a very like strong frame uh, for a guy that's probably under six feet tall. So that that's encouraging. But the suiting is just the thing that he needs to improve on. Okay. So for all my Knicks fans listening, you heard that. All right. Next guy I have on um, BJ Boston. 
Kentucky guy. You you know the Kentucky ties yeah. are strong with the Knicks. They're called the Kentucky Knicks. I sometimes. still, you know, it's hard for me to believe with, with BJ because like everything's going on, everything that's sadly going on with him recently. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I bet there's just stuff mentally going on with him. I wonder what teams could think of that. They shouldn't think of much of it because of anyone not. that young that had to deal with that. Um, it would take a lot of them mentally. Like I wasn't there, and it took a lot of me mentally. Um, but with him, he the talent's still there. He has a good handle. Um, I think he's a better suited than the numbers suggest. Uh, I think he's somebody that some team might take a gamble on because he's six. Foot, he's six six with a new seven foot wingspan. Like that's that's not normal. Uh, and he has a handle. The shot creating still there. He just doesn't have the boost that, that you would expect him to have. Um, and when I, I compared his high school tape to his college tape, and he's just not as explosive. So I wonder if he's been dealing with an injury. Like that could be the thing. Yeah. Um, and like I have him in like the twenty to thirties range on my board, but like. If one of those like teams in the play-in that has a like, great development ends up in the in the lottery, I wouldn't be shocked if a team took him in the lottery. Uh, but likely not. I think he's definitely going to be a late first round, early second round kind of guy. Uh, the talent's still there. At one point, he was like a top three to four player on my board. Um, yeah, I remember that you you had him really high up there, and yeah. like, oh, and I was no, I, I I know guys that had him like number two. On their boards. He was he incredible. was really good at Sierra Canyon that last, and he was year, really especially. good in EYBL as well. Like, and then you just don't go from being one of like the ten best amateur basketball players in the world to not being good. Like, it's it's not how it works. It has to be something that happens in between. And I them. think, and, and and to that point, I think that's what the combine is going to help with a lot of these guys. Yeah, it is. Um. More BJ, I I still think the talent's there. Like, you know, he still has to handle. That's the big thing for me. Mm-hmm. The handle, the like his like his insane handle's always been the thing that translated the most for me. Um, but uh, to get back on it, though, like because he still has that, I still have hope. Because again, like, a lot of it, like a lot of things are fixable, like. I think that is suiting that was just one bad year. You don't become a bad suitor all of a sudden. It's based yeah. off one small sample size. Uh, and I think that he'll just add weight to his frame eventually. Get him in a good development program and all of a sudden he adds weight. Yeah, that that's the thing. See, I don't I I wouldn't mind like the Knicks picking him, especially because like we finally have hired a good development staff this year mm-hmm. and it's 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 shown dividends already. Yeah. So like I don't doubt him coming to our system. And like, we got a Kentucky guy, Kenny Payne, over there. We got Johnny Bryant, who helped out Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard mm-hmm. over the years. Like, we got guys that are known for their development. So I don't even doubt him coming over here and like making that, um, making the making those leaps that need to be made and like making an impact. But like, yeah, th- th- he's he's always been an interesting prospect for me because I I always watch those Sierra Canyon guys like. Those are the guys I watch the most. Zaire's another one. Where yep. Zaire Williams. And that's another I'm, one that I, I'm those guys way higher on Zaire than I am BJ. Because like Zaire's like top 10 on my board now. Um, he had a lot of things going off the court that were documented. 
lost a lot of family members over the year that year this year um he um obviously got into a, a bike accident oh wow yeah it, it was just a rough year for stanford as well they spent a lot of times in hotels and stuff like that i i learned that from keandre keandre told me that um you know they're guys who just stay in hotels it. yeah um but you know i think the talent was so obvious with him is more obvious and the motors a bit better than bj's is as well like okay. Zayu has a great Zayu's motor is always on go. That's why he's ranked higher among like draft order guys than BJ because the motor is just like there. Uh, and he also has more potential as a passer as well, in my opinion. But it should be interesting to see because he's another one of those guys that like the draft range is big. Like some team might gamble on him in the top five. He could fall out of the lottery as well. Yeah, so. it's very weird with a lot of these guys. Because of their range, where they're where they're mm-hmm. where they're expected to go. All right, Book Knight could go anyway. Um, Davion Mitchell is an interesting one. I don't think he's a lottery talent personally. Uh, I think people are overreacting a bit to Merch Madness. Yeah, that's the one thing that was that I was kind of missing from last year's drive cycle was the um, overreactions March to March Madness. March Madness. Like, like Obi Top might have gone top three if there was a Merch Madness. Like, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking boy, of March some, Madness, some team might have some team might have looked into a Melo Ball outside of the top three if it wa- if there was a March Madness, like probably. Yeah. Speaking speaking of March Madness, one of my favorite guys from March Madness, who Knicks fans did not ask me about, um, Johnny Juzang. That was my guy yeah. the whole tournament. How do you feel about Johnny Juzang? I know he's like probably. Like, I think he's to come back for you, personally mm, speaking. That's interesting. Because like again, like you can overreact to much badness, but like there's some stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, there's something there. But like if he builds on that tournament run, which I think he can, personally speaking, I think he can. Mm-hmm. Uh he could come back next year and be like a top twenty pick. Because right now okay. he's a second round guy for me. Yeah. He's a second round guy. Yeah, that's why I hear a lot of people have him at. Which is reasonable because like it was March Madness and like yes. not people yeah, like, not a lot of people were watching UCLA throughout the year anyways too. Yeah. Um they're gonna be fun next year. They have a kid named Peyton Watson. I've heard about him. Freak athlete. Yep. And he has those ball skills as well. Like Yep. If they return those guys come back and then they bring him on, that's mm-hmm. that's another that's another Peyton final Watson. four potential run. Yeah. Um so that should be interesting. One guy that I wish we had to see in March Madness was Bones Highland from VCU. Mm, yep. Because their tournament game got canceled because of some stuff going off the court. But, like, I would have loved to see him in March Madness. He was one of my favorite players. Like, I was so mad that he wasn't going to be able to play. Um, he is a bucket. Yeah. He's fun. You know, there are guys that people watch and like, because like, I don't think you can look at college always and so look at the dominant guys and always say that they're NBA guys. Mm-hmm. I don't put too much stock in you. Have to, you have to actually watch these guys play and see like, what translates to the league. Like, you know, if we were basing off like, how good you are in college and the stats you put up, Luca Gozo would be a top five pick. <laughs> My favorite parts not. of March Madness were the overreactions to um, Drew Timmy. Timmy. People, the people forget Drew Timmy is, is like was a true sophomore. Like, I know it's hard to believe because he looked like he was fifty years old. But like, he <laughs> is a 
Because you saw him in the video with like Anthony Edwards and all those guys. Yeah, like, he's their age, basically. Like, yeah, he looked like their age in that video, and then he looked like he aged like ten years in <laughs> a year. That's what college will do to you, man. Yeah. Um, um, a couple, a couple more guys. Um, that they've asked me about is um, Giddy Trey Man and your guy Springer. So I have lottery grades on all three of those guys. Okay. Um. Obviously, Springer, uh, I I moved him down a bit. I moved him mm. three to five. Yeah, okay. I moved him from three to five. Uh, I moved Green to three, Suggs to four, and I have Springer at five, coming at six. Uh, Trey Man, I have in that like I don't remember exactly, but I think it's like that that eleven to like fourteen range. Okay, Giddy has moved into my top ten. I like I I've liked what I've seen from Giddy, just like the I'm passing not, and everything. Yeah. I'm not as high on Giddy as Robel is because Robel thinks he's in that like Suggs Green tier, which I personally mm, don't have him in yet. That's interesting. Um, but he's awesome, you know. He's somebody I I think people are overthinking it a bit with him. Like at the end of the day, he's a six eight, two hundred five pound point guard. Like there isn't much it's, to think it's about. It's not that hard, guys. Like yeah. don't make it harder than it has to be. Um. You know, and Giddy might move up because like Giddy's one of those guys. Like every time I watch him, I kind of move him up my board because I'm like, oh wow, this is incredible. Um, but I like him. You know, like six eight. There's not much to say. Like he's good at what he does. He needs to work on the scoring. Or the the shooting's been encouraging, and he's super young as well. Like for his yep. class, another guy that's super young for his class, James Springer. Like very. He's young. Old, he's younger than I. I'm Francis. He's younger than Chet Holmgren and Jaden Hardy, the top two guys in the current ESPN 100. That's crazy. Which is yeah. Uh, so he's a bit ahead of the development curve, and when you're as good as he was this year at Tennessee, considering Rick Burns didn't play playing properly, he didn't play Keon properly either. That's that boomer stuff right there. Yeah. Um. You know, I think he was pretty good. Like, like I'm, and again, this isn't me like trying to like create some agenda or something. But if you put his stats side by side with Jalen Suggs, it's a lot closer than you probably would think it would be. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Suggs. I think at one point I did think he was, but like Suggs is, does things a bit better than Springer. But um, you know, I think both Springer and Giddy lottery. Trey Mann is might be the, the might. I'm not saying he is, but he might be the best shot creator in the class. Um, you know, I, I, what were they playing in the tournament where he hit that big time shot that won him the game? I'm trying to think of who he played. Wait, but who? Um, Suggs. No. Um, Trey Mann hit a big shot and like, oh, that was like, against um Virginia Tech. Yeah. Oh yeah, visioning your tech. Like he has a great shot creating ability. Um, he's a better shooter than guys like Suggs and guys like, um, you know, guys like Suggs, guys like Springer, guys like Getty. He's actually a lot closer in age to Suggs than people people probably would think. Mm. Suggs was born in June of two thousand one, June or July of two thousand one. Man, Trey Man was born in two thousand one as well in February, so he's a he's a bit closer in age to him than you would think, um, okay. which isn't 
Which isn't a big problem for Suggs, by the way, because like summer birthdays are like it's very common to see stuff like that where the guy's mm-hmm. just a year older. Um so I'm pretty too much talking there. But Trey Man is a great shot creator. He needs to yeah, do that's some what work I've as heard. a basket. Um very safety, very fun to watch. I I think him coming back for his sophomore year was the best thing to happen to him because of the fact that like he had a growth spurt, goggle, like he added a little more muscle to his frame. And it just improved from where he was. And I think a um, lot of more, like, guys need to do that more. I think, like, that should be something that's encouraged because, like, even Emmanuel I, quickly went back for a second year and it was yeah. necessary. So, like, it helps yeah. somewhat with these guys. I think some do, some doesn't, like. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I don't think, like, I don't know if you know about this, but like, Harrison Barnes. Like, Harrison Barnes came back for his sophomore year. He probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that. Because Harrison Barnes would have been like, a top three top four pick came back for you went seventh overall ends up in a situation where he doesn't get the basketball a lot yeah it, but but what if he went it came out earlier and went to a situation where he could get the basketball more um and then so same thing with Marcus Smart Marcus Smart had he come out after his freshman year would have been he a probably would have been a yeah because Orlando there was so, there were reports that Orlando was heartbroken that he didn't declare because they wanted him Wow. Uh, and this was before the lottery, I believe. So that means Orlando was probably going to take him with the first pick because Orlando had the worst odds that year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up going six. Bit of a different situation as Marcus Spurs developed into a very impactful player. But like, had he gotten more opportunity like going to Orlando, because he would have gotten all the shots that he wanted if he went to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Like Him getting like on ball, because he actually spent, fun fact, he spent time in the G League in Boston during his rookie year. I remember that. Yeah. So like, what if he went to a situation where he gets like those on-ball reps early? That kind of problem. You don't Whole see that a lot. Situation. Yeah, like because like he's proven he can be a good offensive player. Like he holds a he holds a single game record in France and Boston Celtics franchise history for three pointers in a game. Like he's yeah. proven he can be a good one, but like I think maybe it goes up. It happens earlier for him if he gets more opportunity early on. Um. But some you don't see those cases a lot anymore. If you're like a one and done talent like Smart and Barnes were, and you're projected to go like top five, you don't see those guys come back for a new second year anymore. Yeah, it's way, way anyway. more uncommon. And you now. don't see as many like guys that like are like you do see you guys like you see your DeAndre Honeys, you see your um Obi Toppins, you see the. I'm trying to think of more like the Buddy Heels, which is a very rare example, because he's su- he was super old for that draft class. Um, yeah, you see guys like that, and you you see guys that like maybe they weren't projected, and then they come back, and then they were projected to go a lot higher. Like, um, but there's some guys like they. I think it's it's best for them. Here. Like Josh Christopher, I think it was best that he declared this year. Mm, okay, he's top twenty on my board. Um. I want to get a great relationship with the Arizona State coaching staff. Um, okay. As far as that. But I think he's he's somebody that he, the combine is going to help him a lot. Oh, yeah. Because those he, athletic gifts are yeah. going to shine there. And um, he's also like, he's gonna, I think he's going to interview well. He's going to interview well, personally speaking. So, um, so yeah. Because he's a much, because he's a, he gets painted as this like flashy, like kind of cocky, arrogant guy, but he's not that. Like, 
uh, Brigo Wilkie, she does like photo. She does like works for like all those high school events. She she talked about like how I think she tweets him about like how he's like he's he was like one of the nicest guys there. He was willing mm. to take autographs from like, people, like a bunch of people that interview him and stuff. Like they talk about like how respectful he is. Uh, and, and that the, the, like, that goes a long way in interviews because um, with Emmanuel quickly, one of the things that they mentioned why the Knicks liked him so much is his interview. He interviewed well yeah. with them, so lot, that does make a difference. That can always make a big. It's not as big as like a, like football. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make or break like football because at the end of the day, talent, talent is talent. You can be a complete a hole and still contribute to winning. Yeah. Um, because it's like again, it's a it's it's a, like a 50, 50 split between individualism and team. With football, mm-hmm. it's all team. Yep. Everyone needs to contribute, and everyone needs to do their part. Basketball, we saw LeBron James carry team to the finals. Like, yep. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going back to um those guys, those guys from that um I, those names I listed off that Knicks fans are interested in it's going to be very tough for the Knicks to get their hands on those guys unless some of those guys yeah. slip or if the if well, the Knicks I think want to package because I might mm. be like I think Springer could slip I think it might be a maxi situation where like I'm super high on him and falling super far he fell even further than a lot of people thought he would even people that weren't as high as him as I would like he fell further than, than when they thought um you know if we're talking guys, though, like I don't think Giddy's gonna fall. Giddy's stock is gonna rise. It's oh, not course. gonna fall. Like there's no way I believe it falls at this point. Um, Trey Man and Springer the Rams is a, it's more like a date. Those two guys fall. I I don't know if they will. Um, but we'll see. Cause like Springer, it's like Maxi when Maxi was a bad like kind of a bad shooter in college. Like Springer was a good shooter in college, based off the numbers. The, the volume wasn't there, but the efficiency was. Uh, and Trey Mann was an excellent shooter in college. Yeah, so it should be interesting to see there. If we're but talking yeah. guys in the next range, mm-hmm, which is like um, that twenty-one, twenty-two spot, twenty-three. Uh, yeah. Um. Like I mentioned, Josh Christopher. Mm-hmm. You really look at more development guys. No, the Kai Jones, maybe if he falls that far. I doubt he does. Um, Jared Butler's name. Yes, that is there. one that some Knicks fans have mentioned because... Cooper might be in that range. It's, he's another one that's kind of interesting. Um, Io DeSumo. Mm, okay. I like him. Cam Thomas is the, mo- is the most polarizing player in this draft. Because of his shot selection, right? He's the... I I always I always say with him like, if every other aspect of his game was half as good as his scoring ability, he would be the number one pick in this draft. Mm. Yeah, he He's can shoot thing. that thing. He can score. But the problem is, the other aspects of his game aren't even an eighth as good as his scoring ability. Like, he is, he scores. That's what he does. He's really good at it. That's it. <laughs> he's really good at it. Like, and the thing is, like, 23 points you gave in the SEC, that's nothing that should be, like, scoffed at. Like, yeah. that's incredible for a freshman. At yep. the same time, you look at it, you're like, okay, what else does he do? <laughs> yep. He doesn't really do anything else. Like, and these are, like, I thought his scoring would, like, 
cool off a bit as the season went on. Because he didn't play great teams. He played like SIU, the non-conference teams. St. Louis, Southern Eastern, yeah. Missouri, like, like teams like that. Like, And then he started doing it in the SEC play. I'm like, whoa, this is – but that's all he does. He scores. I think he's going to be successful. I think he's going to be like that Lou Williams type. Um, maybe not Maybe not the passer Lou Williams is. Because Lou Williams just developed into a pretty decent passer, I would say. But like definitely the scorer that Lou Williams is. Because he's, he's arguably the best scoring prospect in this draft. Based on pure scoring ability. And mm-hmm. it's just, he's just not good in other aspects of his game. Which is odd because I think he used to be a good rebounder. He has the frame to be a good guard rebounder. Is he like 6'5", like right? He's like 6'4", 210. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a pretty decent. He's like, a, he's like so like... Because I, I, like, I think among like the guards, the shooting guards in this draft, I think Josh Christopher is probably the most like physically ready to play NBA in the NBA right now. Um, among the freshmen, Cam Thomas isn't too far behind physically wise, but again, all he does is score. Like that's it. Yep. Um, which good? Which teams could use? Because oh, of course, you can never. Like that. You can never. You you can never have too much scoring. But it's how much do you invest in that? Yeah. Right. But um I think that's all I have on today's agenda. Um yeah. Noah, let the people know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Terranova Noah. You can find me on Instagram at Noah Terranova. You can check me on TikTok, that's the same as my Instagram. Um check out my YouTube channel, just type in Noah Terranova. It should be the first tune that pops up. Um, I make videos about the NBA. I make videos about high school, college, NBA draft stuff as well. So if any of that interests you, like, I, I appreciate you checking my channel out. And hopefully you like it. But that's all I really got. All right. And make sure you check out the links in the description. I'll have, I think, all those links. And I will have links to my content and... I will also have a link to the Strickland where I will be working on something over there. So make sure you check all that out and that's it.